0: Welcome back to Conversations with Leela B. Season 2 continues. If you haven't caught up on the last three episodes, you can do that after this one. Get ready to sit back and join the conversation. Meet Nisa Lebo-Piri, a 2018 Yali Mandela Washington Fellow, TV and radio broadcaster, speaker and host of the podcast I Am Nisa Lebo Podcast, a podcast that discusses life's journey from personal development, faith, self-care, and inspiration. In this episode, we discuss growth in all of its forms, taking a look at career, spirituality, as well as personal development. Welcome to Conversations with Leela B. Niza. How are you this morning?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. A little bit scratchy with my voice, but you know.
1: oh well thank you so much for having me all the same I appreciate this
0: oh no I'm so excited to get a chance to speak to you for my listeners to get to know you a bit better so I guess let's dive into it and I'd like to know a little bit about your childhood and your upbringing what was that like
1: Uh, well you know like I was thinking about this question and I've never had to answer this question ever and I've just realized that it was very simple. Uh, I like to believe like the normal uh, mom, dad, I'm um, just born of five. So I actually took up that leadership role earlier on in my life. I think I could have been about nine when mom would not be home and I would have to be the uh, eldest in the house, in a way. And so it was very interesting. I enjoyed being the leader. I enjoyed having to set an example for my younger siblings. I was always very, very curious about life, always asking questions, entertaining guests when they were home. Um, so that's what it was like. It was very simple. I like to think nothing special. <laughs> But yeah, that's how I can describe it.
0: That's so cool. And that's so relatable when you say you were so curious and always asking questions, mm-hmm. because it leads me to my next question. I think that's probably why you're in broadcasting, is that curiosity. So how did you get into TV and radio?
1: It, it is definitely the curiosity, uh, but also um, somebody... In my, say, I was 11 years old, somebody at 11 just threw the seed in my heart, in my spirit, and I just wanted to explore it and see it grow. So um, I read a lot. Uh, at a point in my life growing up, I was taken care of by an aunt of mine. And so she would lock us indoors, and she would go about her life. And being indoors meant I could either listen to music or watch TV, and so that kind of made me more excited about seeing what was out there, having conversations with people, and I would just watch other people and wonder, like, so what's going on? So later on, when I was allowed to go outdoors and play with others, I always played with much older kids. And in one of this, like one of my experiences, I was chilling at my friend's house at 11, and her older cousin's friend came by. And I said, hi, you know, like any other kid would want to say hi. And I was intrigued about this woman. She looked very good. And I asked her questions and she says to me, you speak so well, you should become a journalist. So I ran to my mom and I'm like, mommy, mommy, (laughs) what do journalists do? And my mom, the only thing she could turn to was uh, the people who read news on TV. That's all she told me. And I knew that's what I wanted to be. Uh, Perhaps now growing up, it evolved. It wasn't really read news. I felt that was not for me. But that's when my interest in broadcasting was born. And from watching TV to playing TV at home, to actually uh, joining a radio fan club uh, with a community radio station here in Kitwe at 14, and later on, jumping on to another fun club at did BC, uh, Radio 2. And I found myself at YRFM in a fun club as well. And immediately after high school, they gave me my first job as a radio presenter. Four years later, I got an opportunity to work for Flavor FM, and that's how I moved. So it was just that. Uh, what is this? It is this. Okay, I'm interested. How far can I go with it? And I went all the way.
0: That's so amazing that you even got on radio at such a young age. And it's so interesting you mentioned having not really an interest in newsreading because my original role on radio was newsreading. Oh, wow. And I think they didn't mind how I read the news. I wasn't bad at it. But at the same time, I think they were like, okay, she's got personality, she's got uh-huh. opinions. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. uh-huh. And I think that was the thing for me. It was knowing that. I always had an opinion about things. And I didn't know how far I could go just, you know, uh, executing and just giving you the news without wanting to say something about it. So I never tried, never bothered. Uh, Even when there was no one to read news, I never volunteered. It was just like never for me. So I did headlines though, but that's all.
0: Mm. So you've also worked on TV um what's that experience been like because radio and tv are very different like being in front of a camera Mm -hmm. versus just being in front of a microphone and no one can see you you can be in your pajamas if you want
1: yeah and you know like that's the thing maybe that's why it was easier for me to walk away from tv than it was to walk away from radio so 10 years after I had started volunteering for radio, even working for radio, I got an opportunity to be interviewed for a TV show and I did my first interview, then my second, and they call me and they say, would you like to join the team? And I really thought, hmm, okay, the dream at the beginning was to be on TV, but when I had tried out and it didn't work out and then I ended up in radio, fell in love with it. Grew in radio and just enjoyed it. I never thought about TV, so when the opportunity presented itself, I was also like, Okay, how often will you meet me? and they said once a week, and I'm like, Cool. So I started doing that, and like you put it, it was different, it was hectic. You know, I was okay being the voice you heard on radio, but now I was also the face people saw on TV. And I'm I'm your typical jeans and t-shirts mm-hmm. and Crocs girl, and I'm happy. <laughs> so now that presented a different dimension to, okay, so what about presentation? What do I have to be about? And in the process of finding myself, I found that TV helped me find myself, and also people's opinions and comments also helped, because there were people who would have to say, you know what, I, I like you on radio, <laughs> I like you on radio, and I was like, I like you too on radio, so let see have this go, so I did um, TV for five years, and then I was just like, no, I can't do this anymore, maybe in the future, I don't know how far into the future, but yeah.
0: That's so wild, because I mean, I think you were great on TV, but I mean, I understand because it is a whole other ball game. I'm also a jeans and T shirts girl, uh-huh. and unless you're being like fully sponsored with like clothing, it becomes a challenge because yeah. how many episodes are in a season, how are you styling yourself? How are you dressing? You know, people are going to have opinions about it. You need to wear, you know, suitable clothing. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It, it is. It takes a team.
1: Yeah, it takes a team. And I think in Zambia, we're, we're nowhere near that yet. You know, I think there are a few production houses who are really exploring and doing the work in actually making sure that their presenters are very comfortable. But, I mean, I, I was with the public work and it was... Basically, yeah, find something to wear, and they'll still come and say you can't wear that. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, what do you expect me to wear? I, can I not do this? <laughs> but I really enjoyed doing that um, wow. because maybe the reason why I held on was because of the nature of the show. So it was a religious program, okay. and it was a youthful religious program. So I really enjoyed doing it because of that aspect. Everything else, it was a drug just thinking about going for a shoot. Um, every weekend Um, but I'm happy you release.
0: So Niza we're talking about broadcasting and um, being in that arena so what lessons do you think that you've actually learned from working in both tv and radio I mean you're able to walk away from tv Mm -hmm. but what are some of the biggest lessons that your career has sort of taught you?
1: I think one of the biggest ones is the fact that you never stop learning. Um, And it's something that you experience perhaps every time you are hosting a show. It's really about doing the research and knowing about your characters, knowing about your guests, knowing about your sources, knowing about the topics that you're going to be addressing on radio. And learning doesn't end. It's in the opinions that your listeners will have. They have something to say about everything. So it's just that you don't stop learning. And we've seen how Be It Radio and TV has evolved in the past two years. And if if you're somebody who does not believe in evolving or does not believe in growth, you find that it becomes a bit difficult for you to function, for you to remain relevant, and however funny people get in trying to be relevant these days. But I really, the biggest lesson, I take this in every other project that I do, is just to continue learning. And secondly, it's to believe in community you can't have content if you don't have a community if you don't have people to go to so i really believe in community and it's something that i learned in doing radio or even doing tv because all the time you're looking for who am i interviewing for this who can make a comment on this and so even when it comes to perhaps doing tedx in Ghana, it's all about me looking back to my community or starting a business it's about who do i know or who do they know that could help us make this or make something out of this so those two things you don't stop learning and you need to belong to a community or you need to have a community that you can look to
0: that's very true now you've already mentioned TEDx and Kana now i feel like i need to ask what's going on with that
1: So, um, ooh, I might be going ahead of myself. But, you know, um, going from Mandela Washington Fellowship and coming back, I met a lot of people. Um, and one of them was Suzika. So we come back and literally, like, all the networks, all the lessons, what are we going to do with that? So one day we're just having a chat and having a meal. And it's like, you know what? Why can not we do this for Kidway? And at that point, I'm not interested. I just want to sleep in my bed. I hate how I feel because I feel overwhelmed. But here's a friend who just says, Niza, I believe we can do this. Let's apply. So 2018, we apply for a license to host our first TEDx Kitway. But we sent the application and the, get back to us and say, no, you must have attended you know, a conference or something to be eligible okay, cool. So what can we do? So we think around names and landmarks in Kitwe, and we ended up with the word Nkana. So Kitwe is actually called Nkana a long time ago. So we called it TEDx Nkana, and we held our first event 2019, 2020, came along and we're like, we're going to do this COVID or no COVID. We did it, and we just got a license for 2021. So it was just about so in my community at the beginning I do want to do it but when I started seeing people's interest sponsors um, come on board especially in 2020 I was just like this is it I'm, I'm going to do this for my community so again for me it's all about that how do I serve how do I connect with my community so that's what's happening with uh, that's so
0: awesome and I think it's It's really commendable that you guys had this idea and wanted to do it because, of course, people know and are familiar with TEDx Lusaka. And in Zambia, I think a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, things are happening in Lusaka. It's the capital. But then we have all these amazing other cities. And why can't they have their own TEDx or their own events? And I think it's really cool that you guys are doing something like that for the community, for people to actually get access to something like TEDx, because I feel like that's such a wealth of knowledge. It's also just such a great um, networking opportunity as well.
1: Thank you so much, Uh, because one of the things I've noticed is that through the years, I'm always... Because of a curious mind, it's easy for me to say, oh, there's an event in Lusaka, I'll jump on a bus and go to Lusaka and either even be given privileges of hosting events in Lusaka or attending events in Lusaka. But then I noticed the number of people from Kitwe I would meet at these events in Lusaka. So I'm thinking like, okay, guys, so if we did something like this, Kitwe, would you come? And the surprising things I guess people come, but also I've noticed have been people coming from Doma, which is like, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just that. It's the fact that while I'm thinking I'm serving Kitwe, we get people from surrounding towns coming in and also being part of this community. So it's, can we bring events that are, or we are seeing it happening in the to Kitwe and so far so good.
0: That's so great. Um, so just thinking about all the many faceted or multifaceted, how multifaceted you are and the many things you're doing, what are some of the challenges that you've actually experienced in your career mm. and how have you overcome them?
1: Ooh, okay. Um, challenges, one of the major ones is obviously expectations. Um, I feel uh, people watch <laughs> they watch TV and they watch Hollywood or the watch uh, whatever is happening in uh, Nollywood and expect that to be the same thing happening in Zambia, Kitwe, specific, or even Lusaka. You know, um, so one, it, it, it's a huge challenge that uh, they see you on TV and perhaps don't expect to see you on a bus or they don't expect to see you be just like the next person, maybe a teacher or a police person. There's all these expectations that they feel should, or how they feel a radio presenter should be. So that's, what, that's been a major challenge. But also um, in being a curious person, there are times when I almost feel as though um, an exposed person functioning around people, and I'm literally the only person with certain ideas, there have been times when I felt like that, like um, you go on a training and you come back and you just feel as though wait, I'm the only one that did that training, or the only one that felt this way about this particular topic, so that's been a challenge as well, and I've had to learn how to Sell value, or how to sell a dream to people, and say, "Listen, can we try this for kids?" Right now, I'm trying a startup, and entrepreneurs' event, right, an entrepreneurs' um, event, uh, where I'm trying to bring entrepreneurs and startups in Kigali together, and let's learn and let's know each other, basically. But it's quite a huge challenge. So there are all those things. Uh, Being exposed to Lusaka and having to function in Kitwe, being exposed to Johannesburg and having to function in Kitwe is really a huge challenge. So, yeah, perhaps those two Uh, people's expectations and you think different and not everybody would get it
0: yeah and i think that's all about growth i think the more things that you're exposed to you're obviously growing and changing as a person and you're getting new ideas and then you want to apply them and like you said it is very hard to apply ideas that maybe you know how they work and you have a better understanding but the people around you they have no idea how this is a viable you know thing or what this idea is worth or the value of it so I think that's, that's a challenge that I think a lot of people can relate to. So you spoke about your Mandela Washington Fellowship. So take me back to like 2018. Why did you apply? What made you apply? What was that experience like?
1: Right. So Mandela Washington Fellowship, I think for me, started in 2016. And it was birthed out of people's advice. So someone would say, uh, please apply for this. And I would look at my track record and just feel as though, no, I really can't So while um, doing my attachments at the College University, I had gone here to contact in relations. One of the lecturers actually told me like, let's go by the uh, American corner and find out what uh, opportunities they have for young people like you. So I went by. And one of the big posters I found there was my Washington Fellowship, my husband told me about it. So 2016, I gained interest. I was going to apply that year. I prayed about it and my conviction just said, not now. I was gonna do it, but when I heard not now, I was like, okay, um, I'll check again, but I'll continue doing my research. I did my research. I even looked at you know how to write essays, I attended orientation sessions. So, 2016, 2017, when they're open for application. Like I, now, I asked two other previous fellows to look at my application, and they were like, "You know what? This is good." Um, and I even asked my uh, the mayor of my city to recommend a recommendation. And I sent my application, and that was it. I got into the fellowship in 2018. It's, it's, it was an amazing experience, and I know there are a lot of people who think of the fellowship as, oh, I went, it was amazing. For me, I am only experiencing the fruit of it. I'm only experiencing and per- perhaps implementing most of the lessons now, and this is how many years later. So I go through some of my coursework, I go through some of my notes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, at this point, I work now. So it was a great experience. Of course, going to um, Syracuse University in New York State was definitely beautiful. Uh, we went to New York City the first weekend of our fellowship because they wanted us to know the difference between New York City and Syracuse, where we're based. It was like five hours away. That was really amazing as well. So I loved it. I really loved it. I still have contact with most of my uh I met at the community was so good. Uh, Our WhatsApp was always, you know, I had the place. So, yeah, it was a great experience.
0: That's so awesome. I'm glad that you had a great experience. And I think, like with anything, when you go on one of these fellowships or so even when you're in university of course you graduate you want to use everything you learned but sometimes it's just not applicable at the time so i love how you've mentioned how you'll go through something and be like oh this applies now or yeah i can use this mm-hmm. now cuz i i think sometimes we want to use everything that we know all at once and sometimes it's just not feasible it's not applicable it's not the right time it's not the right not place a, and i think this
1: is something we've had I've, I've, I would want to have this conversation with a lot of people who are going for the fellowship. I know now this year is virtual, but you know, whatever fellowship you're going on, people tend to come back home and almost feel depressed and almost feel lost because they think as though they're going to come back home and hit the ground running. And it doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. I think that's what causes a lot of people to be depressed and stressed. People need to give themselves, literally, like step away from everything. let it be, uh, so you're not going to interviews, it's okay, so people don't want to partner with you, it's okay. For those that can do it, let them and support them. But if you can't do it immediately, let it be, because like I'm telling you, uh, 2021, and I'm like, dude, I learned this while there, and I have this person's email, and I can still email them. And they'll still help me. So let it be. Just take your time, run your race at your pace. It works.
0: I like that. Run your race at your pace. Yeah. So you mentioned how you prayed about the, the fellowship, and I know you're a very like faith-based person. How has your faith carried you throughout life, it's or amazing. helped you? <laughs>
1: It's really everything, and I think a lot of people who know me as a faith-based person perhaps know my Christian side. And I like I told you, I've always been a curious person. So as early as, uh, let's see, eight years old, I would sun- Sunday, Saturday morning, I would go to um, the Seventh Day Adventist Church with my aunt. Sunday morning, I would go to the Catholic Church with my mom. Sunday afternoon. To the kind of poor with an uncle we lived with, and so my curiosity was birthed then. So as far as finding my place, as far as religion or spirituality this is a race that I've had to write myself, asking questions, visiting churches, and also visiting other religions. So here, while in high school, I was Muslim and just asking questions and just learning, believe it or not, I decided to be Christian because of the Sheikh that the mosque I would go to. Uh, had this deep conversation with him and he was able to quote both the Quran and the Bible. And I was just like, okay, oh, what if I decided this? And it was like, it's really up to you. So I've had to see what's here and what's there. And right now I identify as a Christian. I believe in Jesus, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe and it's done so much for me. It's really done so much for me. And I always love to say that as believers, there are times when we tell people, this is what I believe in, please believe in it. But I believe it's power in saying, I believe in Christianity, I believe in Jesus because of the peace that comes with it. I feel like it's not looking for a place Uh Why am I alive? Why am I here? And I find it. In Christianity. Uh, it's in loving one another. It's in, you know, it's in the peace that I believe I bring to every space I've put myself in. And that peace comes becomes my relationship with God, my relationship with Christ. Not so much for me. um My conviction is clear because of what I believe in. And so every time I have to make a decision, I find myself in a place of literally speak to God, and then silence, surrender, and and There it is. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to say. I know where I'm going to go. It means so much to me. It's a huge part of who I am.
0: And Now, I want to ask you, you're a fellow podcaster. Mm -hmm. Your podcast is even on this current platform that we're using. I want to know what pushed you to start a podcast, because I remember you used to have one then it disappeared and then you came back yeah. so share a little bit about that journey <laughs>
1: why i missed radio um i woke up one day and i missed radio so much i had committed to another job so i really couldn't explore even just one show a week so i just decided you know what i i know how to edit <laughs> i know how to be important so I had one podcast and I started sharing it. Uh, One thing that I'm known for is just being extremely honest. And so with my first podcast, I was just putting everything out there. I called it unfiltered. One of the things I wasn't ready for was people's response. So when I actually started getting the response, I started getting feedback and people were listening to me. I was, just overwhelmed. I was
0: so overwhelmed. sometimes it is the case of you you want to do something and you sort of rush into it and you maybe overexpose yourself and then you're not yeah. ready for how everyone else feels about it or how everyone else you know receives it and sometimes you need to take a, a step back and reevaluate yeah. and be like okay I'm comfortable sharing mm-hmm. this much yeah. of myself or this much mm-hmm. of my journey and sort of mm-hmm. curate the way in which right. you're going to share mm-hmm. your story yeah. so that at least when you get the feedback, you're like, okay, I was ready to be asked True. that question. And you put it very, very well by saying that because
1: I think, yeah, I did step back, but in stepping back, people were listening. People were tuning in. And I had put my podcast everywhere. And so... When I listed those message in my Facebook, those message on Twitter, What's going on, no guys, no, I'm talking about this. It was in a podcast. So I stepped, in, but my stepping back was really extreme because I deleted that podcast. I tried to delete the list,
0: but I do love like it's really just showing. You know, the theme of today's episode of this podcast is growth. So, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes you have to go through things and grow through them in order to like finally land now at this podcast, which I really, really actually enjoy your podcast. I think even though I'm like older and, you know, there's still lessons there that I am like, oh, yes, I'm still learning this one. Oh, yeah, I still do that. I need to let go of this behavior. So just in terms of how you come up with your content, I think I'd be interested and maybe the listeners would be interested to know what your process is because it's very weird or maybe it's like a spiritual alignment thing. But half the time when I even tune in, I'm like, this is what I'm going through. Like, I really don't know if it's like God's design, but I'm like, whoa, this is actually what I needed to hear today so what is your process I love that. and all
1: my responses it's always about that it's how timely it is or how relatable it is and i feel as though there's so much power in our stories like your stories and your experiences have so much power and you can own them as to believe that everything i've been through is so that somebody else doesn't have to be through these things or doesn't have to go through these things you take them seriously so there's certain things that might be shifting i want to share them with somebody else so that they don't go through the pain i went through so, as far as preparing for my podcast, trust me, I wake up, I'm walking to work because I work to work and back home. And I'll be listening to another podcast and it's going to spark something, a conversation, and I have it with myself. And then I share it with everybody else. And sometimes what happens is that I have one topic, okay? Uh, for example, self awareness. And I talk about self awareness and how I'm experienced or how I become aware. And somebody gives response, and if they respond, they ask a question, and that guides my next podcast. So it's really just me leaving. <laughs> and in my leaving and being honest with myself, I come up with these topics. And you talk about the order and still being able to really. Um, I have a lot of young people around me. Most of my um, projects involve a lot of young people, and so these are the people like, targets. I do have people who are 30 and above who are like, Oh, I listened to you. That was really nice. And I'm just like, guys, I'm not even thinking about you when I'm talking. <laughs> I'm thinking about someone. So even as I I have a young person in mind. So I want to talk to them and I want to help them by sharing my experience. So my partner, I'm talking about my
0: I think, you know, for me, I think the best content, as you've said, is when you are able to share your own stories, when you are looking at real life and taking from real life and putting it into your content, because I think that's why it's so relatable is whether or not I'm older, some things I've gone through and I listen to the podcast and I laugh and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm out of that phase. But also some elements of things you discuss, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I still do that. When am I going to stop doing that? I need to work on that. Like, you know, it just inspires my own personal growth and my own personal development because it's almost like a check-in. I'm like, oh, yeah, I said I was going to work on that. Did I? No.
1: I think the, cha- the, the normal challenges of life, um, the normal challenges that come at every stage of life have really always pushed me to um, want to grow. So the first one being, being the first born in a family of five I have four younger siblings, two female, two male, always looking up to me, and I take that responsibility with so much pride, because I see it as an opportunity to influence, so I have mm. people that I influence, and I start first by influencing my younger siblings, then I can think about influencing my community, people in my workspace, and, you know, people in my community, be it on social media, and so... It's just that being aware of my surroundings at every stage of my life, what's happening to me that demands that I grow, that demands I acquire new skill sets, that demand that I grow my network, it detects, it tells you, like, okay, Niza, you can't think like this anymore. One of the things that have held me back for so many years has been my self-confidence, I've always never been as confident in myself and my abilities. So I would have people who who would have invested in me, uh, provided opportunities for me, but I was still sitting at the table and thinking like, "Uh, no, you got the wrong person until, you know, life snapped at me like, listen, you must grow. Like these people won't always be there. So just being aware that at every given point. There's an opportunity to grow. There's an opportunity to learn. There's an opportunity to network. And if I can be serious about it, there's so much I can benefit uh, from these experiences. So, yeah, it's been that.
0: I think that's amazing. I think a lot of the times we stunt our own growth. We kind of don't want to to take on challenges we don't want to deal with things because like you said like difficult stuff and being uncomfortable it's not nice we all like comfort but there's something beautiful about that discomfort that just forces you to grow and to change and to evolve and Mm -hmm. hopefully in the best ways
1: very
0: true yeah yeah so as we wrap up our conversation today, I want to know what is next for you? What is on the cards for the rest of 2021?
1: 2021. So 2021. And, you know, just talking about growth, I just feel that like there's so much that I've learned through the years and I've acquired through the years that have brought me to this place where now I'm like, okay, I think this year I want to do this. So I'm currently working on a book and it's, it's been quite an experience. I'm turning 30 in August. And I'm just looking back at my first, you know, 30 years of life and what did I learn? How did I learn? I enjoy telling stories. Um, For so long, it's been through audio. So now I'm exploring how I can tell my story through, (laughs) through a book. It's been interesting. So hopefully this year, not hopefully, I am going to be publishing and just sharing that with everyone. Obviously, you would guess what my target audience is. But I'm really excited about that. Um, Also, um, just started a company, uh, an events service uh, company where we plan and manage events to just build a portfolio. We're working on in-house events. So I'm really working towards that and trying to see how that goes, all in the hope of serving my community. Like what events can I bring to Kitwe? Um, How can I serve uh, different groups, especially professionals in Kitwe? Because we normally don't get so many events around that, um, professional development or even just entrepreneurial uh, development. So that's what I'm working on, TEDx Encounter 2021, excited. I'll continue with my podcast, definitely not deleting this one. (laughs) And I'm still exploring how I can still get back to radio soon, maybe just one show a week this is something I'm thinking about where, how, who, and things like that. So yeah, Uh, I'm still shaking trees here and there, seeing what discomfort I can cause in my life to explore new territories. So yeah, that's that.
0: That sounds so awesome. For someone who's (laughs) only just turning 30, writing a book, starting businesses, all these things, it's pretty major. It's pretty inspiring. And as much as you, you've talked about your target market, we shall Thank be you. buying the book, okay? Thank you. So okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It, AJ, nothing but a number. We will be buying the book because that there are so lessons true. to be learned.
1: Is so someone was actually telling me to say, you know what, you need to stop with this whole uh, target age group thingy. I was like, no, it helps me in preparation. It's like, we don't care. Please just think about all of us. And I'm like, okay, guys, all right, I'll definitely do that.
0: Thank yeah no i mean of course marketing and target right. groups exist for a reason and your target market is there but at the same time you know the rest of us who are into what you're doing will still be listening we'll still be buying the product so we'll still be showing our support so where can our listeners find you so facebook. on social media
1: that's my facebook page or at level period if you want to search uh, that way on facebook on Twitter and Instagram at Misa Level underscore Piri. and also of course on Anchor FM, on Google Podcasts at the moment. It's just I am Misa Level Peary podcast. I am is one word, uh, Misa Level Peary podcast. Those are my current platforms. I like to literally like let me stick to this because I can manage these for now. So that's where you'll find me.
0: I think that's awesome. And I can't wait for people to find your podcast from listening to this, to buy your book when it's out and just get to know more about you because I think you're an amazing person. Mm -hmm. I think you're such a sweetheart. Um, You're very like just supportive and encouraging of other people in the industry and other creatives. So I just Mm -hmm. want to say thank you so much. Yeah, no, don't thank me. Don't even start. It's my podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, that's it for this episode on growth. Thank you so much for being a guest on Conversations with B today, Niza. I truly, truly appreciate you. Check out the show notes for links to Niza Level's work. Before we go, show a little love for your favorite podcast on Anchor by sending us a round of applause, giving us a star, and leaving us a voice message on Anchor. Who knows, you could get a shout out on the next episode. That's it for this episode. Remember to look out for more episodes and continue to join the conversation. Until next time.